Hello, sweet souls. If you know it, say the rubble reclamation with us. We have the right to fully embody life in connection with nature and her cycles. We empower ourselves and others without apology or harm, aware and in awe of our united potential. We welcome the light and the shadow, knowing that the source of both is one singular divine power. With the wisdom of our ancestors and the hope of all future descendants, we lean into the unknown with grace. We release that which no longer serves us and manifest that which does. We make our own rules and then sometimes we break them. We are radical and wild. I am your red sister, Sarah. This is your dark sister, Sam. And we are rebel women with teacups. Hey there, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm good. <laughs> good. How have you been these last few weeks? We haven't recorded in a few weeks because we had one or two in the in the bag. Yeah, um, I mean, I've been good. So January started. We're 11 days into January now. What even is time that this is where we are? <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's wild. Just bizarre. And then, like, you know, you set an intention or you have a theme for the year and it already feels like I've been doing it for six months and I'm like over it. Yeah, <laughs> I feel you. I feel you big time. And I don't know if everybody just heard like the big clunk and then the toenails. I had my upstairs door shut and my dog, I have lever hand, level lever handles and my dog knows how to open the door. So she just jumped on the door and opened it and then came clomping down the stairs. Mm, I can't hear it. Okay. That's good. I shut the door because I am... I don't know if the word would be tanning, but I'm prepping the inside of my two cast iron petals that I was gifted for Yule. Mm. And so I see a heddle. Kettle. K-E-T-T-E. Kettle. Okay. Yeah. I seasoned them yesterday. So I spent a good portion of the day um, taking extremely hot metal out of an extremely hot oven to oil them down mm-hmm. to protect them and then you have to prep the inside of the kettle itself I already I did put oil on it and then I'm right now I'm doing a couple of brews of tea so that the tannins and the tea create a patina on the inside of the kettle I didn't know that there was cast iron tea kettles these are really old these are antiques are you using them to actually drink tea out of in the future? So I won't be using them to specifically drink tea or coffee out of. It's to get the water ready, but it's to help protect the inside so it doesn't rust as easy. Right. So you have to, the 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 thing about cast iron in general is that there are maintenance, but once you get the maintenance down, it's like nothing. It's right. just a lot to do on the forefront. Um. Wait, so you will be boiling water and then consuming that water? Yeah. Okay. It's going to be a fuck ton of minerals. Yeah. That you're consuming. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm you- actually, I'm actually going to be doing it as an experiment to see if I notice any changes in life. <laughs> okay. So yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I've been doing a lot of research just because I am leaning into understanding my folk roots on a level that I would never considered before. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going, I'm trying to teach myself more healthful versions, but how to cook with cast iron, how to bake bread, mm. how to do um, more. I, I guess you can consider it kitchen witchery. I did not enjoy <clears throat> learning how to cook growing up. Because my mother, who worked a full-time job, also cooked the same meals every week. I think we've mm-hmm. talked about this before. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I want to, um, I just want to come back to the earth in like soft ways. And then mm-hmm. with the with the retreats that I'll be facilitating, the more primitive re- retreats I'll be facilitating this year, we'll be utilizing cast iron and the kettles and the pots and the Dutch oven to learn how to, to cook certain things and Mm. how to take care of them and jam making, jelly making all, all kinds of things. It does scare me a little bit. Like the the heavy metals do not leave the body easily. And if you're, well, it's not a metal, they're minerals. 
metals and minerals are different things. Okay. I mean, well, yeah, but like also like, cause what happens is with those layers of oil that you then bake in the oven, they get like plasticized and then like they could flake off. And then I don't know. My brain just goes like super fucking scary. <laughs> Crazy. Well, we, well, we as like humans iron, have been iron using. Iron is a metal. Iron's a min- mineral. Is it? I'm almost positive. Cause I was looking into it yesterday. Hold on, let me Google this iron, before we tell it's everybody. Like molten iron, right? That's like a liquid. Is iron a metal <laughs> or mineral? Because minerals are salts. Minerals are like magnesium, potassium, sodium. Iron is a metal. Okay, you are correct, but it, sa- okay. it says iron is a metal. In fact, people with too much iron in their bodies can set off metal detectors. That's wild. But iron is also an essential an an essential micronutrient right now I will say this my children have tested extremely low iron before yeah like most, an, like most people are low in iron and especially if you yeah. have a bleeding body then yeah. you have a tendency to be anemic anyways and uh there was something else oh my gosh oh my gosh it just and it literally entered my brain and immediately left it Gosh, I can't remember. So iron is really hard to digest, which is why a lot of people are anemic, even if they take significant supplements. Like number one, it's really hard on your belly. It can make you, you know, constipated. It's like not easily digestible. Um, But if you pair it with vitamin C, something acidic, the ability, and there was this study with these women. Oh my gosh, I forget where it was. It was some some jungle, like equator kind of temperate place. And these pregnant women were all thriving and they had like the most immaculate levels of iron. And it was because they were eating, they would take these um, leaves. I don't remember if it was Tulsi leaves. It was some sort of green greenery leaves. And they would wrap alma berries in these green leaves and eat it together as a snack throughout the day. And so the alma berries are super, super acidic and like loaded with vitamin C, like sour, like a lemon. And so they would make these perfect little snacks. And because of the way that the nutrients were paired, it made their bodies digest Uh the iron and hold on to it. And so they were, they, they had like the highest, um, health in their babies like ever Mm -hmm. which was wild because it's like a primitive culture but yeah they were nailing this particular nutrient um aspect yeah yeah um vitamin c is actually essential in your body absorbing iron correctly Mm -hmm. so like when you get prescribed uh high dose iron that you cannot get if you just walk into a health food store like at all i think the highest you can get in like a single capsule size is 25 milligram it's something like that when my daughter was prescribed 325 milligram, that's how deficient she was. Well, and when I worked at a health food store, we would have people coming with their doctors recommending them these super high doses, but even the prescriptions, cause there's like ferrous, ferrous sulfate and ferrous mm-hmm. something else. And for mm-hmm. whatever reason, the doctors were prescribing the ones that are harder to digest. Yeah, And it's like, yeah. there's food sourced versions, but because doctors are, they just know this particular synthetic form is tried and true for the last 50 years, they keep fucking prescribing it. And then people are like, I haven't pooped in three weeks. Like that's a problem. (laughs) That is a a legit problem. So I'm going to two things. This is just because I, I scrolled down a little bit and somebody said iron is an element found in rocks and minerals. I'm just going to set that down there. But when I was looking through, cause I did, I was like, is it safe to Mm-hmm. cook on cast iron even though like our ancestors like it's been used for literally thousands upon thousands of years I was looking at the chart like it was a scientific review of things and there was a chart of it depends on what you cook in it so one thing that you don't want to cook mm-hmm. in it a because it breaks down nice. uh I can't remember if it was that was breaking down the metal itself or it was breaking down the protective coating that you created for the metal because it's an mm-hmm. acid so if you looked at the chart and you were to cook like a tomato, like mm-hmm. a, make a tomato, tomato sauce, sauce, thank you. Yeah. The iron level jumped up to like five point something as opposed to, so what they did was they compared it to stainless steel and iron and iron with the tomato was like a, like five times higher. But then when you looked at everything else that was non-acidic base, uh... it was, it was almost identical, if not just a smidgen higher 
in iron compared to using stainless steel. So the, but, the numbers weren't shocking except for something that was for tomatoes. But the yeah. other thing is like roasting potatoes and cast iron is different than boiling water where like mm-hmm. minerals and, you know, metals could like leach out into a liquid where they mm-hmm. wouldn't like crust on the edge of a tomato or a potato the same way, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm just saying. <laughs> I love that you're concerned and I appreciate that. No problem. Well, that was that was a beautifully long intro. Thanks for talking yeah. about cast iron. And if you guys have any experiences with cast iron or any suggestions, whatever, you can hit us up at Rebel Woman with Teacup at on Instagram. I'm obsessed uh, with cast iron personally. It's my yeah. favorite and only thing to cook in. Um, mm-hmm. I have this giant 16 inch, like round circular, like I have to bend at the knees every time I put it in my oven because it's so freaking heavy. Mm-hmm. And then for Christmas, I thought it was going to be like the game changer that elevated everything because every week I cook for 15 to 20 people for Kirtan. And so you can only roast so many potatoes in a circular pan before they start to crowd and then steam. So I needed something bigger. So they have these cast iron like griddles that are meant to cover um outside grills and it was like the exact dimensions it was like a perfect rectangle so if it's a rectangle I'm going to utilize more space than I would a circular pan Mm -hmm. and it didn't have like the big edges but I'm like still it would be worth it so I asked for it for Christmas and it was like the $75 cast iron you know flat plate basically Mm -hmm. and it was literally less than a quarter of an inch too big to fit inside a <gasps> fucking oven. I know, I know, oh, I know, Sam. I know. And I had had it in my like Amazon wish list for probably a year. And I'm like, I don't like what, why, why would I spend $75 on this thing? You know what I mean? But like asking for it for Christmas was different. And then I was like, this is going to be the thing. This is going to like literally solve all of my problems and make me happy and then it fucking doesn't fit and I'm like fuck anyways oh. anyways cast well iron. here's to hoping you find one that's just a smidgen smaller right right or I'm thinking maybe I'll just get two smaller rectangle ones and call it a day and then I'll oh, put that's them side smart. by side that's smart yeah I just haven't done the digging Anyways, okay, so the tea that we're drinking today yes. is from Thistleby, uh, the lovely Miss Stephanie Lane, who's up in the Dayton, Ohio, Yellow Springs, Xenia area. Um, the tea that we're drinking today is called Banish, and inside contains alfalfa, oat straw, calendula, cleavers, ginger, dandelion leaf, and orange peel. I'm not sure that I have ever experienced cleavers or know what that smells like, looks like, tastes like to be able to discern. I have to agree with you. So I feel like. Are you going to Google it? I am. I'm going to use Master Google. (laughs) Cleaver. That's funny. Herbs. Yeah. Cause is it, is it like a savory? I don't know. I've definitely heard it. Or is it more medicinal? Definitely sounds like a grandma's type of herb. It, well, if you didn't know what you were looking at, if you were just looking at a portion of the picture, you might mistake it for rosemary. Oh. Uh, just because of the the leaves are like spiky like rosemary. Mm-hmm. And let's see. Let me just look for the, the first. Cleavers is an herb found around the world in Europe, North America, Asia, Greenland, and Australia. Is It is described as an edible weed or wildflower when it has a sturdy bait or when it has a sturdy base, it can grow up to six feet tall. Wow. And adorned with small greenish white flowers. The, the flowers are really precious. Mm-hmm. And then somebody wrote, cleavers is one of the numerous plants considered in ancient times to act as a ooh, diuretic. It was therefore oh. used to relieve edema and to promote urine formation during bladder infections. It has oh. also been used by people with lymph swelling, jaundice and wo- lymph swellings, jaundice and wounds. Okay. So it's a healer. Yeah, so it makes sense that she paired it with ginger and dandelion. Mm-hmm. I will say, and it could be because this is one of the older packets I have from her. I don't have a lot of smell in this one. Mm-hmm. Did, did you get anything? No, but I had already used half of the packet. So I only had maybe a tablespoon of plant matter left. Um, I, I mean, it definitely had a lot of green bits. Like I could see the alfalfa and the oat straw for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't see a lot of calendula, even though that's typically like one that sticks out because it's like so fluffy and specific. Yeah. yeah. But the taste is 
the taste is like if you were to roll around a summer field and you yeah. smell like grass, but you taste <laughs> yes, it. Yes, that is such a beautiful description. That's exactly what it is. Now, would you add anything to this, like honey? Because I don't think that this would pair right with cream. Yeah, no, I don't. I mean, I don't think so. I don't think it's like a. It's not like a mouth nourishing type of thing where you're like, let me drink this to like taste it. For the taste good. it. Yeah. yeah it's, it's for the like, body. It's for the mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. It's very subtle though. But I yeah. feel like generally oats straw and alfalfa are subtle unless Extremely. I let it steep a really long time. And then I do not like the taste at all. Yeah. It becomes very offensive to yeah. me. Yeah. I agree. So. Yeah. This good. is definitely one for the soul. For yeah. sure. It's nice and mellow though. Easy to drink. Like, yeah. like easy listening almost. Yeah, I agree. It is easy to drink mm-hmm. because not everything that's good for the soul, like that's good for the physical body right. in the herb world doesn't necessarily taste good. Right. So I do enjoy it. I don't really get any um, orange peel or ginger either Mm-mm. in the smell or the taste, but it could be if it's older, you know, yeah. six months or so, then like yeah. all the volatile oils are gone, have been evaporated, but yeah still enjoyable the um it's not currently up on her etsy to purchase from from thistle bt so i'm not sure if she'll make it again or if it was like a limited thing but the um the label is so cute it has a little crow on yeah it, <laughs> it is <laughs> stephanie will eventually have her on the show too because she is going to be well right now we only have one thing scheduled but she has a whole list of things that she wants to offer at the temple mm-hmm. and so in just a few weeks so if this is coming out today today then it will be is it the sunday i think it's the sunday no Fire no cider? no it's next sunday the 22nd yeah granny magic fire cider making yeah so if you like um, if you're in the dayton garlic. area or this yeah if you're in the dayton or the surrounding areas and you'd like to learn some uh folk magic some some folk medicine i guess you should i should say and learn what fire cider is and make your own batch of it it won't be ready when you walk out the door it will have to sit for a few weeks but fire cider is one of those medicines that it's like you take it as a shot and it's very bitter for the the tongue and spicy. but it is ex- yeah yeah but it is very good for the body extremely mm-hmm. good yeah. yeah and then she'll have um like building your own home apothecary that's mm-hmm. in the works so we don't have a date for that yet but that's coming down the pike too from stephanie from this will be yeah and then I feel really, I'm really excited. Two of the three camping retreats that I'm offering this year are going to be on her, her land. Mm. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah. We're really fortunate. She's such a sweetheart. Yeah. And a voice like an angel. And then, sweet, <gasps> oh my gosh, the woman little, can sing. I know. And her beautiful blue eyes, like literally. Oh my god, What gosh. are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so gorgeous. Yes, I agree. Could not agree more. <laughs> Okay, okay, so today we don't have a particular passage. I really did try to find something that was resonating with me to share, but I wanted to talk about, I wanted to get down to some practices that you can do as a person who may be new to a spiritual path or trying to understand who they are or somebody who's seasoned but has never tried this modality. And I wanted to talk about vision journeying, or sometimes it's called vision quests or shamanic questing. Uh, there's there's many different versions of it. This in particular, the ones that we'll talk about the most today are non-herb induced, meaning we're not taking uh, some type of plant. Exactly. We're not taking some type of plant medicine to help us get, get into that trance state. And I don't recommend the first few times you do it to utilize those medicines. And I do believe under proper care and guidance, those medicines can be wildly effective. But when we're first doing this, we just want to kind of understand the basics of how to utilize this practice in a healthy way. Because there can be um, if you go in too fast, too quick, and you don't know how to protect yourself or understand signs of this doesn't feel right, I should step away from it. It can uh, cause things to possibly attach themselves to you. Mm-hmm. 
And so it's important that you start out soft and slow and steady and journal and understand how to get into these states of existence in healthy and, uh, I guess, happy ways. Yeah. I see that you trance. have a book. Yeah. yeah Self-induced yeah. trance, basically, Correct. with a purpose. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So I, I do have a reading. So this is from The Mist-Filled Path, written by Frank McGowan. Which I'm um, audiobooking right now. It's really, it's it's really good. Super good, super dense. So this is from the chapter called the mothering heart of God. And it's about connecting to, to the mother power into the earth and Mm -hmm. and sinking back into earth centered um, Mm -hmm. relationship within the self. Okay. So it says going out to meet the mother. One of the first steps of restoring right relationship with the mothering powers of creation is to truly grasp the reality that we would not be here without these primal feminine powers. One of the most effective processes I know to facilitate this deep knowing is to remove ourselves from the illusionary structure of the modern world, i.e. the man-made world that deludes us into thinking that we have everything under control. In many indigenous traditions, as well as the Celtic ways, one of the customs that drives this point home quite well is the prayer fast, sometimes called the vision quest, such as the one I embarked on in the preparation for the Sundance among the Lakota. No one culture has a monopoly on this ancient ritual. Going into the natural world, fasting, and seeking a vision are practices known to most earth peoples. The Celtic tribes, the Taoists of China, the ancient Christian orders, such as the Essenes, certain Buddhist sects, and some practitioners of Shinto, and shamanic peoples the world over have and shamanic peoples the world over have all employed fasting as a means of receiving guidance and returning to harmony, both in spirit and in body. When we have gone out into the wilderness and fasted for an extended period, suddenly the priorities of life are arranged for us very clearly. For practitioners of shamanism, the vision quest is also a method for building power. For practitioners of contemplative spirituality, it can be a poignant process of prayer. Everyone, regardless of spiritual tradition, is granted a deep sense of the holy presence of the great shaper of life and the sanctity of the earth on a prayer fast. Um, I'm going to keep going because it's just like beautiful. Is that okay? Yeah, that's cool. Not too long. With our tails tucked between our legs, we see clearly that we are such small, fragile, and finite beings. A blessed level of awareness is often cultivated. We come to realize that the mothering powers and the presence of the divine feminine are in all things. As if in a sudden flash of enlightenment, many people are returned to a primal remembrance of the great mother when on a vision quest. We, quote, get it on a very deep level that each and every one of us was born of mother, born of biological mothers and of this earth, our shared mother. Each of us is meant to be suckled at the breast of our biological mother, but on a wider scale, we are all suckled at the breast of the earth. On a prayer fast, we begin to see with astonishing clarity that we are all dependent dependent upon the life-giving energies of the mother as a planet. No technology can replace or alter this dependence or relationship. From an eco-physiological standpoint, anyone who believes they are outside of this fold of this reality suffers from a form of mental illness. Um... In essence, the newly evolving path of eco-psychology and the ancient Celtic spirit have a great many things in common, not the least of which is the search for ways to foster a connection between humans and the sacred earth. Prayer fast is one potent method for working to reclaim the renewed sense of connection to the healing and life-giving powers of the earth. So this is more specific to number one, fasting, and number two, Mm -hmm. doing the visioning out in the natural world, out in Mm -hmm. nature. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so I'll I'll take a step back and say that when it comes to fasting itself, that that might be something that you work up to and not something mm-hmm. that you start out doing. And to that, you don't have to, when you first start out, and this is just my opinion, this is just me speaking my thoughts, you don't necessarily have to fast for a day or two, but I would recommend not vision, not doing these visionings on a full belly. So like, don't eat right before you do it, because that will put you into a state of, um, you'll be drawn too far down, right? Like your, your body will want to, exactly. Your body will want to 
naturally fall asleep because you're going into an, an extremely soft and meditative state. Well, and also you're in on, on a vision quest, you want to utilize your energy for yeah. subtle purposes. You want yeah. your mind and your heart and your soul and spirit to be doing the work. If you've just eaten, then your physical body is utilizing all the energy. And then there's not anything left for the subtle bodies to be able to utilize. Correct. So just to, just to give like a, a broad definition or explanation of what vision questing is or, or uh, vision journeying or what have you basically path working path working. Thank you. Uh, let's take classic meditation. For example, the goal that most people want to achieve in classic meditation is complete silence, complete nothingness, the void of everything where you're not here. You're not there. You're just in a state of expansion, but without effort, I guess you could say, but with path working, it's like you're going on a little journey in your mind's eye and it can feel fake and phony. Like the first few times you do it, it could feel like for the people who can, cause not everybody can picture pictures in their mind. Like that's mm. just not an availability to everybody. But for those who do, it's a way for you. It's like creating a little movie reel inside of your mind, but it can come in flashes. It might not be, um, there might not be continuity, but you might see flashes or images and, it tells you a story. And, and if you ever get that feeling of this can't be real, this can't be fake, just lean into it because it probably is offering you the medicine or the vision that you need to see. Mm -hmm. And one other thing to keep in mind, if you choose to ever practice, this is the ego will constantly try to get in the way to say, Oh, you can't do that. Oh, that's not possible. And it could be something as simple as I remember one time I had a ball gown of chains on like heavy, thick chains and my rational in mind and my, yeah. And my mind's eye in ra my rational mind would have been like, there's literally no way that you can stand there with that many chains on your body with, without like being overtaken by it. But in a vision quest, you are literally capable of absolutely anything. Mm -hmm. It doesn't need to make sense. I, no, it does not need to make sense. So if there's a boulder in your way on the path that you're on, you can flick it to the side. Um, if it's nighttime and then it's immediately daytime, like yeah, that's fine. That's, that's all fine. part of the process. Right. And so, I absolutely recommend what, whenever you do do these practices and we'll, we'll get more into the, the how-tos and, and the recommended things, but absolutely have your journal with you or something to write on. And when you come out of it, write down as much detail as possible and then set that path work to the side for a few days, then come back to it and reread it because something will come out within that time frame because you will be completely different. It's just, it's really amazing how this medicine works. Yeah. Okay. What so were you going to say? I was just going to say, let's, let's zoom out for anyone who's like, I don't know what you're talking about or what this yeah. is. Cause we yeah. keep talking about it, but like, we haven't like physically laid it out. So it could include fasting, but re regardless of that, what it usually includes is some sort of raising of energy. So mm -hmm. just like in the yoga tradition, you move your body so that your body can hold still very well. And so whether it's dance, whether it's in community, whether it's individual, whether it's, you know, literally going for a run or going for a walk, or maybe it's just swaying from side to side, left and right, left and right is really, really good to initiate this binaural awareness of both hemispheres of the brain coming online so that you can vision quest more deeply. And so, so there's movement, there's raising of energy, and then you drop the energy low. Um, and you either have a facilitator that is walking you through almost like a guided meditation, or it's something that you journey alone on your own and just close your eyes. And then whatever happens on the screen of your mind is, is what you're meant to experience. Um, but I was just going to say, I do recommend the first few times that you do it, even if it's not somebody live that you're, you're working with to find a recording so that it can kind of lay the foundation mm -hmm. and don't, don't bar yourself from to, to just one person. 
experience multiple different people because they might offer something that you hadn't heard before. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is what I connect to the most. Mm -hmm. So, but I do recommend the first handful of times to let your mind, body, soul understand what's happening for you to go to either uh, a a live in-person person or find a recording online. Mm -hmm. And there are so many resources out there. Mm -hmm. What were you going to say? Well, I was going to say, you can also use uh, sound is huge. So huge. drums or mm. rattles, these, I mean, drums are portal openers, period. Yeah. Um, but in terms of using them for shamanic practices or vision quests, they they really do. They let the mind soften. They let the thinking mind soften. And then the subtle mind, the unconscious mind starts to open up and unfold because it's caught in this rhythm. It's like putting a leash on the, the monkey mind so that the, the rest of the layers of being can fall into this rhythm, you know, of like, go, 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 or if it's rattles, whatever the sound is. And then the thinking mind falls away so that the intuitive mind and then the creative self can start to explore and expand without having the ego holding it back. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so you've raised energy with sound, with movement, with whatever, and then you have a facilitator draw you in and, and offer you a, a guided meditation of sorts. And, and for anyone who's listening that is a facilitator of this sort of thing, my, my learned lesson that I will share with you so that you don't have to learn it on your own is if, if and if the facilitator is good, they already know this, a f- good facilitator will never tell you what you see. They'll never say that you're walking and you see a box and in the box is this thing. That's like not the move. The move is you're walking and you see something in your path. And then your personal mind, your personal set of experiences and background will fill in your psyche will fill in what it is that you see. There was one time when I was first leading it and I was like, and inside the box and there's a secret and the secret is you already have everything you need. And I like (laughs) gave it to everybody and it doesn't land because it's, Mm -hmm. it's not what the people, the individual person actually needed to hear. Mm -hmm. And instead when you leave it more vague, then you have this ability for, for your own inner guide to surprise you with things that you would Mm -hmm. have never considered. Mm -hmm. And then go ahead. Oh, I was going to say there will be scene setting. So it could Mm -hmm. be that you Mm -hmm. see a house in a different distance or a fire in the distance, but just like Sam said, there's not going to be specific specifics because what one person sees. And even if I were to say it's daylight out, you could say, no, no, in my Mm -hmm. mind, it's it's nighttime. right? Right. So even if you, if the facilitator themselves give you something and your body is like, that's not correct. That is okay. That is your Mm -hmm. mind doing exactly what it needs to do. Mm -hmm. But just like Sam said, if they tell you specifically what you're finding, it takes away from the, the endless, the absolute endless possibilities of what you could be finding, Mm -hmm. what you need to be finding really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, so, so you do your little magic in your inner world and you see the things and you uncover things and maybe it makes sense. Maybe it doesn't, Mm -hmm. but then the reflecting afterwards. So whether you're writing it down and, and like she said, you know, write down everything you can remember. You're not writing it down to remember it. You're writing it down to offer your awareness, another Mm -hmm. point of reflection, because you write something down and then immediately you see this parallel to this other thing, or maybe it reminds you of this relationship that you have. Right. But like in, in your inner world, it's an old wrinkly woman. And you're like, I don't have an old wrinkly woman in my real life, but in, in your real life, maybe you have someone that has that crone energy or whatever Mm -hmm. the thing is, but in writing it down, you have this ability to reflect and make connections that you would not have been able to, to make. And then the best part is three days later, three weeks later, three years later, you get to read it and you're like, Oh, and then there's all these deeper layers that unfold. Yeah. And it's very, very, very important that you take the lesson and you leave the things. Mm. And what I mean by that is that anything that you experience, any person that you experience, any tenders to your other world, you leave them in the other world. You don't bring their energy or their spirit back with you to the side because that's when um, connections can, that can be made, that can be unhealthy connections because you may not know the true intention of someone who might be joining you in that realm. 
Now you can set parameters to hold um, security and safe space, but those are those are things that you that you always have to be aware of. Just because we're delving into things that, especially if you're brand new, you just want to you want to have clear and concise and set boundaries. Mm -hmm. And you can even create. But one of the things that we well, I don't know if Sam experienced it because it wasn't a time where Sam was in the class, but with uh, our teacher Danielle. She had us create a, I cannot remember the specific verbiage she used for it, but it was basically like a home that we created for ourselves in the other mm -hmm. world. And we would have different rooms and different doors to the rooms and what would they look like? And we would put certain things in each of the rooms and what have you. Um, and we would have people that would be there tending the space and it could have literally been somebody that you saw, or it was, you could just see like a broom sweeping on its own. And, and it was just the, the energy. So there's literally endless opportunities of what you can experience. Just leave the things in the other realm and bring the lessons back. Mm -hmm. And it's not even that you have to remember or even know what the lesson is. It's in writing down the things and then going back to it and in reflection going, oh my gosh, that's exactly what that connection mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. It is amazing mm -hmm. how often it happens. I think too, sharing verbally, like if you have a friend or if you're doing an in-circle, yeah. take the opportunity. If the facilitator's like, does anyone want to share any takeaways? Like, even if you're like, I don't actually have a takeaway, still share because things are going to come out of your mouth and you're not going to realize them. Or maybe you don't even realize them when they come out and someone's like, did you just hear what you said? And you're like, oh shit. Yeah. Right. Because we're like, we're, we're so under our own guise of our perception of reality and mm -hmm. what the ego allows us to see and, and saying it out loud is processing it in a different way. It utilizes different parts of the brain. You can move through information faster than you would be able to, if you were writing it down. So really both, I, I strongly recommend both, or even just say, like, say it to your cat or to a plant or, you know what I mean? Just, yeah. Get your mouth moving the same mm -hmm. way. If you can't keep writing, then you doodle in the corner to keep the pen moving and you keep mm -hmm. that energetic, you know, hose flowing of energy moving outward. Same thing with, with speaking. I think it's so important. Yeah. And even if you're not artistic, even if it's the most primitive drawing, if there's something that like, if a vision of something or not a vision, uh, an image of something was really strong in the vision, draw it out as best as you can. Mm -hmm. write down the colors that you saw it in any metals that you saw with it uh because i'm telling you just the reflection and what you're trying the answers you're trying to get there's all kinds of reasons there's all kinds of reasons to go on vision quests path working and the answers are there you just don't realize it's there because it's a different modality than what we've been taught as humans literally throughout our whole life so you can go to find an answer to a question. You can go to meet your spirit guides. You can go to meet your animal guides. You can go to meet your inner ch child. You can go to meet um, possibly departed loved ones or even um, ancestors that you will never know, never did know, and might not even ever know the name of because mm -hmm. they're so far in your past. There's all kinds of reasons to go on, on vision quests. And so it's going in with a pure heart, with, um, with light and with love and with boundary set. There's all kinds of things that you can do to, to find answers. So sometimes we're going through a season in our life where we're struggling hard to find the answer and perhaps using this modality that is accessible to all people will allow you to strip away the ego. There's no, um, there's nothing to gain. There's nothing to lose. There's just finding possibly what the truth is for you in a way that you might never have thought about finding it before. I would also go as far to say, is it's not even about finding the answer because sometimes people don't actually have a specific question. Sometimes yeah. it's just like, I don't, I just know that there's something else or not even something like beyond this reality. I just know that there's something more that's meant for me, or I'm, you know, unsure of, mm -hmm. it doesn't even just a general, like walking in to great mystery, willing to hear whatever that mystery has to, to, mm -hmm. to share with you. And one of the 
One of the path workings that Danielle took us on, I'm not sure if you were in that one or not, or if it was the year before you, Sarah, but she had us meet these crones. It was three old crones. And instead of the crones giving us the answer, what we were there to do was to figure out what the question was. Yeah, that wasn't me. So the crones, they would only let us stay if we asked the correct question. And so then it became, and it was no longer about the answer because ultimately what happens when you have the answer? Like, does it actually change anything? Mm. I have a post-it note on my wall that says, if you know the exact shade of green, what the word is for that green, does the leaf get any brighter? Like, no, it doesn't actually make a difference when you know the answer, Mm. but it's, it's your awareness and processing of this holistic perspective. So sometimes it's like, what's the question? What do I need to be asking? And it's not about actually seeking the answer yeah. yet. Daniel Dulski is amazing. Yeah. So that would be definitely one. I don't know if she actually has anything pre-recorded. Um, if I know that she has an online coven, she has many online things, many, many online things. And I don't know if it's something where you can just purchase it one off or if you can join it for um, for however long it, it feeds your soul. And then you have access to the back catalog of everything. So she has lots and lots of things to do digitally online where you're not necessarily working directly with her. Although if you join something specifically, she gathers once a month live and in person. And sometimes it's just her and sometimes it's her and a guest. I think it's the hack school, isn't it? It's the hack school. Yeah. And, but there's different things inside of the hack school that you can do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she's got like writers resources and and other like offshoot groups that are fully fleshed out on their own. Another person that I would recommend because I've been in their circle before it would be uh dakota earth cloud walker i recommend her she has i don't know how many free resources she has but she has lots and lots of opportunities to purchase one one-off uh, vision questing um i do recommend she has a really good spirit yeah. And she's done a lot of work with indigenous folks and shamanism, mm-hmm. like hands on mm-hmm. it's, it's not, she's not one of these, you know, 20 something year olds who's like, I'm a sacred tantric priestess. Like that's not, that's not what Dakota is. She's yeah. done the work for a very long time, has had many, many apprentices for many, many years mm-hmm. and is a teacher that teaches teachers. Yeah. And, and going off of what Sam has said, it is extremely important that you use your discernment, that you use context, that you find someone who you feel is true and authentic, and that is not appropriating because that happens so often these days. Um, and also, it is so important for you to know and understand that not all teachers are your lifelong teachers. So Mm. you might start working with someone or taking someone's medicine and you experience them once or six months or six years. And then it goes, I'm ready to evolve to the next level or see what else is out there as opportunity. Mm -hmm. And that is okay. Do not restrict yourself to just one person because you're doing a disservice to yourself to see the infinite possibilities of who is out there to offer this type of medicine or any type of medicine that you might be interested in. Mm-hmm. Okay. So do you have a past experience that is like top of mind of path working or vision questing that you're like, that shit was fire. I have three. Oh my God. But <laughs> I don't have to share all three. Okay. So two of them was with Danielle. One was with uh, Nakaya seeds who runs the i she might have changed the name but it was at one time called the red moon mystery school that's where i got my uh uh red drum leader certification and my priestess training for the priestess of the sacred grove so with danielle i don't remember the purpose of what we were experiencing but my takeaway from it was we were we were meeting an ancestor or us in a past life. I can't remember which one it was supposed to be. But I ended up seeing what to, what to me was my mamaw, so my paternal grandmother, who has passed 
And she, <laughs> what's so funny is she keeps coming up in my work and she did not like witchcraft, which is in the least. And it's so funny to me that she keeps working with me. Mm. Uh, she, and I feel like I've told the story before, but she, when my daughter was like five, she had, my daughter is born in October. So she had a witch themed birthday party and she refused to come because <laughs> it was witch theme. And I was butthurt because I'm like, mama, come on. But that's okay. But she's the one that leaves me dimes every, I find dimes heads up and I know it's her literally every single time. Anyways. So in this path working, it was, she didn't say anything to me, but when I found her, she was at the sacred fire and she was stoking the fire and she was sitting down and she was cloaked and clothed in things that she wouldn't have worn in this lifetime. She was sitting down on like a wooden bench. And she didn't say anything to me, like I said, and I walked up to her and I sat at her feet and she just, she wasn't actually acknowledging me. She was staring at the flames and she was stoking the fire and it was a huge fire. And then without a word, she handed me the staff that she was stoking the fire with as in it's your turn to tend to the flames. It's your turn to take care of the sacred fires. Mm. So that was really beautiful. That was one of my most memorable ones. And if we have space, I can share my other two. Okay. What about that you? It's my turn. Yeah. Okay. What about you? Um, the, the one that I remember most, and I don't know, maybe it's because I've spoken about it like many, many, many times. Um, my was so with Danielle, we had done our belief system as clothing and so it was like two parts. So the first part was you're wearing your present system of beliefs as clothing. What does it look like? What does it feel like? And mine was like old, like, um, like old, I don't know, Sarah plain and tall, like prairie, like big poofy sleeves, like crunchy, stiff cotton. It was just like hideous and like, not at all nice looking. And then through a sequence of events, then we uncover the, the belief systems that, that we were meant to be like, and, and wear that. And I was wearing, um, basically Charlize Theron's golden encrusted <laughs> garment from the Jador ads, but it was like, it was like mock neck. The entire thing was like gold, um, gold uh like rhinestones like that like like mesh rhinestones like netting and but it moved like liquid and it had these huge um outrageously impractical bell sleeves you know that would like sweep around <laughs> and it was like really really sleek and sexy fitting and um and I just like glistened and looked like liquid gold in it and yeah so that was pretty intense because it was it was like a felt sensation. Um, and then very recently we did it, it wasn't like a very long and, and drawn out path working. It, it was more of like a guided meditation, really. And the facilitator had said that we would be working with family and and our, and whether it's ancestry or beloved dead or somebody alive and and we would be working to heal those wounds and then my conscious mind was like I don't have any thank you <laughs> like I'm mentally like I'll set this one out you know what I mean like I'm not mm -hmm. gonna like fully engage because it's not landing for me um but like you know my body was still there so I'm still gonna do the thing and then what ended up happening was I saw my grandma on my father's side and I don't, I almost never work with her because I didn't have a very strong relationship with her and the type of person she was. She, she drank a lot. She smoked a lot. Like they played cards. She didn't really connect with children when I was a child. And, and there was just like this sense of separateness, like the adults did adult things and then the kids played separately. And, um, and she, she died of lung cancer and, and she was like one of those old ladies. It's like, fuck you. I'm going to smoke a cigarette while I'm hooked up to oxygen at the hospital, you know, cause I have lung cancer. Like that was her. So they were like going to kick her out of the hospital because she was smoking in her hospital room while attached to oxygen, trying to open the window. That's like clearly sealed shut. But anyways, so she was <laughs> in this and then my dad was there too. And my dad had passed away 
several years ago, um, 15, 20 years now. And, and while I don't feel that there's like wounding there that needs to be healed, what it was, was this felt sensation in my body of, of healing their connection with breath because my dad also died of lung cancer. So like this information isn't new. I've known this since, since they both died. Um, and my only perspective that I could see was why I'm so attached to breath and breathing and why I love it so much was because when I was a child, I had very terrible asthma. So from the time I was born until the time I was like 10, I was on steroids and I had pneumonia and I was on a nebulizer, like regularly every day, pretty much. Um, and so I thought me falling in love with the breath was me healing my own Mm. karma and, you know, cellular holdings of breath trauma, basically not being able to breathe. And then in this particular, um, visioning, I saw the two of them and I felt their woundings with the breath and their inability to breathe deeply and clearly and enjoy this like very basic fundamental quality of being alive. And it was like this whole fucking download of like, Oh shit. I mean, it's been there the whole time, but I never yeah. realized it. And like, and and I think that really speaks to the power of what being willing to put yourself in these places allows you to do. It allows you to see things that just are are unseeable otherwise. Yeah. And I'm really glad that you shared that because I want to say how important, how utterly and utterly, utterly important it is for facilitators who normally do this to also receive that medicine, right? Mm -hmm. Because we're constantly giving it away. We're never ourselves experiencing that medicine and the resistance you felt. And then the breakthrough that happened, Mm -hmm. unreal, unreal. You could not have fathomed that that download would have happened. Right. It's so amazing. Yeah. I felt very fortunate. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Okay. So share one more of yours. Okay. So the one that I will share. So I want to share this also because we were listening to a guided meditation or a guided vision working by Starhawk. So I would recommend her as well. She's a wise crone. Um, and it was Starhawk was a man. No, really? Yeah. Oh, I guess I've never like seen pictures. I've only ever like read books. No, Starhawk's a woman. Okay. Or at least I assume she identifies. I assume she identifies as a woman. You've seen images? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying that I'm surprised. Hold on. (laughs) Google. I'm trying to find an image of her. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No problem. Girl having me question myself. Yeah, she's got she's got gray hair. She's beautiful. Okay. 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 I don't know what I was thinking. Um, okay. So we were, hold on while I'm doing this, I'm gonna crap. It reminds me, I remember I was in sixth grade. I was trying to impress a boy and he was like, do you ever listen to ska? And I was like, oh my God, I love that band. And he's <laughs> like, that's not a band. It's a genre of music. <laughs> do you know, one time I did that to a kid. Um, I don't know if you remember the scene from Clueless, but the the guy that she is wanting to- Oh, Billy Holiday. Billy Holiday. I and him. I did that- <laughs> I did that to a kid in front of our music teacher and I, I, me and him started cracking up because we were like this kid thinking he knows who Billie Holiday is. It was hilarious. I loved it. Okay. Uh, Can you see the screen? Do you see Starhawk? She's a lady. Got it. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So we were listening to a recording and I can't remember fully, but I do remember that it had something to do with water. It was something specifically to do with water. And there was like water flowing down a mountain or down an incline or something like that. This was one of the most powerful visions I've ever seen. And it will be something that I'm actually including in the the book that I'm very much trying to write, but (laughs) I just, I am not. And I don't know why in this vision. I was in a field of wildflowers. It was like a beautiful, like the perfect temperature day. The sun was at the most beautiful angle. 
but it wasn't, I wasn't the main character of this. It was my oldest daughter. Mm. And in this vision, I'm going to start crying in this vision. It was her calling to me after I had passed. And when I awoke in my vision, I was, uh, laying in the field with her. Like she was sitting up with her legs long. So she was like in almost staff pose. Mm -hmm. And I was laying. whoop, my mic just fell. I, my head was laying in her lap and I could see me as a crone. And I knew that in this vision I had passed on and she was calling me back into the present. And it was extremely, an extremely powerful experience. And so that would be one of the most uh, amazing experiences that I had in a path working. So thanks for letting me share that. So sweet. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. yeah. There's a there's a lot more details that I'm not going to get into them right now, mm-hmm. but it was extremely powerful. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so there's many resources. It is really, it is really good medicine. It's a really good modality to explore and figure out. And you know what? If you try it a handful of times and you're like, you know what, I'm really not resonating with it, how beautiful it is that you figured that out, right? Giving yourself the grace of finding things that might speak to you. And then if they don't, they don't. And that is so okay. Again, find uh, find a teacher or a guide who resonates with you, who feels good, who does not uh, fear monger. Like I'm so against that mm-hmm. where it's like, if this and this and this is what's wrong with you, then you need this. No, 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 no. Let's not, right. that's not, we're not here for that at all. Mm-hmm. You are perfect as you are, but we all are searching for something. So let's celebrate that and not talk about what's wrong with us. Cause we all know the things that we wish that we had and we could work on and what have you. And we're reminded daily by the doom scrolling and the toxicity of of what life could be, but we are so, we're so wonderful and beautiful and worthy and whole. And we need to experience life to the fullest Mm -hmm. with love and laughter. And I said it this past weekend, the food, eat the food, enjoy the food, explore (laughs) the food, surrender to that. I, I don't know. I, I just think that it's it's an incredible, um, incredibly accurate psychological tool it is. to be able to understand yourself because the subconscious is always running, whether or not we have any awareness of it, it's always running. But the thing is, is you can't mostly willingly tap into the all of the the things to learn within the subconscious. It's like, I can, I see the subconscious as, um, as like a movie projector. And it's like, you know, it's just like shining. It's just like rapid fire flicking images. Uh, But if uh you don't have a screen, if you don't have a surface to project it on, Mm it doesn't matter if it's dark or light outside, if it's, you know, pitch black in the middle of the night and it's just projecting into some abyss, there's no surface for it to shine on. You're not going to be able to see any of those images. And that's what happens. Like our subconscious and our subtle awareness is always picking up information, utilizing it and organizing it differently. And until you give yourself to space to have a surface to reflect this information on you're not able to see it and vision questing and and path working it's just an incredible mirror to be able to see the self as Mm -hmm. and it's a really sophisticated psychological tool I think yeah and so I'm gonna I want to add two things too we are very blessed to have someone in our circle that keeps teaching us lessons. And one of the things that I have learned since knowing her and I I touched briefly on it towards the beginning is that not everybody is actually capable and able of picturing pictures in their brain. Mm. And so what this person has told us is the way that they navigate path working because they, they love it, but they utilize it as if words, specific words come to them or specific feelings in their body. So where Mm. are they feeling sensations at in their body? How does it feel? Where is it at in their body? The intensity, is it what side of the spectrum is it on? Is it, is it feeling good? Is it feeling not so good? 
uh, or any language that might come to her in, in that moment. Or hearing. I mean, you can hear yeah, things you can hear aside things from the facilitator's voice. You can yeah. hear things. Yeah. And, uh, oh my gosh, I had another thing that I was going to add to that. And that, Oh, when, if, if at all, at all possible, once you have completed this, find a way to ground yourself after mm-hmm. this practice. Mm-hmm. And that could literally be just walking outside taking off your shoes and stepping on grass. It could be something that simple, especially if you live in an area where you don't have immediate access to a forest or more natural pathways. You could literally just step outside and step on the grass. And who cares if your neighbor is looking at you going, what is this crazy Mm -hmm. girl doing? Mm -hmm. Ground yourself in some way. And it could be, uh, to eat food. Choosing, I was literally going to say it could be choosing to sit in silence and drink intentional um, beverages and eat intentional food that is bringing you to the present moment and not uh, idle chatter or something going mm-hmm. on in the background or to the side that's mm-hmm. taking you away from integrating this experience. So integration is extremely important to me. That's why I am so adamant about being vocal about when I know that somebody that I know is going to experience plant medicine. If the place that you're going to, if, if plant medicine is calling to you and you decide to go on a journey to a venue of some sort, ask what their integration techniques are. Mm -hmm. It is utterly important that you know that you will be tended to because you will be broken up in, in ways that your your current self would never be able to fathom. And if it is your first time taking plant medicine of any kind, it can throw you for a loop because you go, you, you could think, how could I even possibly go back to what my life was before? Mm-hmm. And it can cause friction and burning down of things that aren't ready to be burned down um, or, or anything. Absolutely find ways to integrate the medicine that you're taking in, whether it's plant-based or just, just a, a, a simple vision path. How can you integrate? Do you need to be quiet and be to yourself, cancel plans and be with mm-hmm. just yourself for a while? Do you need to take baths? Do you need to Put the phone down. Put the phone down. Don't yeah. text people about your experience. No. Don't post about it right then. Take no. a chill because it's going to just throw your psyche further up into the ether. Yeah. Like the the rapid eye movement that happens when you're scrolling and the bright lights, all of that is extremely ungrounding and disturbing to the subtle yeah. bodies. Yeah. Do you have any? final thoughts or offerings or suggestions when it comes to path working? Well, if you're in the Dayton area, we have um, on February 26th, we have an inner guide meeting and then mask making that we're doing. So it's going to be raising some energy and then there's some path working and you're going to meet your inner guide or an inner guide. And it could be beloved dead. It could be, um, you know, well-wishing ancestors. It could be kin yet to be born. It could be a fantastical beast. It could be yourself, but we're going to meet them. And then to integrate um, after some other grounding practices, we will make a mask to wear to embody that inner guide. So through like creating and through using our hands and, you know, physical mediums of paint and feathers and rhinestones and clay, we will actually build a mask to embody our inner guide that we meet while doing a path working. And it's going to be freaking fire. And I'm mm-hmm. super pumped about it. Yeah. Uh, forgive me. It's like right now in this moment, I can only remember the name of the session that we're going to have, but we have a facilitator that's going to be doing a retro session. Would you say that's along lines of path working? Similar. Well, so that's more like past life regression. Okay. Yes. 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 Um, Thank you. Which, I, which definitely, in and of itself, is its own form. Mm-hmm. It's its own psychological tool. It's its own path to understand the subconscious and psyche and what you've got yeah. going on. 
Yeah, which yeah. we didn't touch on at all. Um, but yeah, Chris is leading. Um, that's in January, the end of January on the 28th retro session. It's past life regression to fully embody and understand your present life purpose. So that's that's another one that's going to be pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. And then different but similar so starting in march we're having oracular rituals um that julian is going to host and lead us through where there's a seer or an oracle that's underneath this sheath um and then we'll embody uh, a divine archetype or or an entity from the other world <clears throat> excuse me to answer questions and and whatever else and then he's doing a uh, oracular trance work apprenticeship. So learning how to willfully drop in to these states of consciousness where the vision quest is, it's already present. It's already happening. And you can tap into embodying inner guides, mm-hmm. um, and divine archetypes, like in a moment's notice, it's going to yeah. be sick. That starts the oracular rituals start in March and They're the then- first Saturday. Mm -hmm. of every month every month starting in march and then starting in may the apprenticeship will start and that's a year and a day long so it'll go to may 7th of 2024 um working with him learning how to drop into these states of altered awareness it's gonna be sick so much magic yeah deep deep magic yeah so lucky yeah other than all those plugs, I think I feel complete. Yeah, I feel complete. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. See you next time. Sounds good. Bye.